Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros alike about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin, your hostess with the mostest on the Wedding Dish Podcast, and I'm the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. Um, unfortunately, today we don't have our little French bulldog friend snoring in the background because he is on a staycation. Um, we're headed to New York later today. And um, instead, luckily, we have an amazing guest who... <laughs> Um, is going to tell us all about her wedding, um, and she's created something really amazing. So I would like to welcome the founder of Better Topics. You'll find out what that is in a couple minutes. And um, Diana Injuries, thank you for being here. Thank you, Sarah, so much for having me on your podcast. I can't wait to dig in into you know all the uh, interesting things we're going to talk about today. Yes, I'm really excited. I not only have you done something really cool um, and created something really cool that's fun, but you also have some really cool traditions that I want to um, have you share with our audience. Um, so <laughs> uh, let's start with how did you two meet? Well, it was um, the full story of me meeting my husband is quite extensive. So guys, I would just suggest, you know, you get your drink and sit back. <laughs> Um, it's been, you know how they always say, when you stop looking, you will find the one. It was that type of thing. So, um, us meeting was literally a thing of chance, faith, or, you know, just because we were meant to meet basically. So at the point when we've actually met, I was already living in the UK, um, for six years. And he was living in Mexico for five years. Bear in mind, we are both from Romania, which is Eastern Europe, from the same town. Basically, we've spent eight years in the same town, going to high school, going to university. And, you know, as students, you kind of tend to go out in the same places. And we've never met and we've never had anyone, any friends in common or anything. Oh, my Um, gosh. And then we've met like so many years later, like after I graduated university, I came to the UK after he finished university, he actually moved to Mexico, out of our places. Um, and we <laughs> met back home when I went uh, back home to visit because I was going to my cousin's wedding. And he was there because he just, uh, you know, got out of a relationship because the reason why he was actually in Mexico was uh, a girlfriend. But they broke up. So he basically went back home. And it was literally that... Um, fraction of time basically when um you know we've met and it was something so random you would not believe it um my wi-fi was not working at home and my parents were fine with it because anyway they would always use the desktop you know and with the wire they were fine but i really needed (laughs) wi-fi working so i called one of my friends you know we all have that one it guy that can help you out and he's like well i'm not home i cannot and all of this and i was like but i really need this sorted so he's like i have a friend who might be able to help but you know i have to check if he's free so that friend of his was actually robert my husband so he came to fix it he tried fixing it for like three hours it didn't work we were like doing a lot of things and the funniest thing to this day was my dad because you know we started talking as well in the meantime whilst he was doing you know it stuff and after he left he was like i'll have to come back tomorrow because like i don't have any more time today but i'll come back tomorrow and try to fix it again and when he left my dad 
He was the funniest. He was like, I think this Wi-Fi needs fixing for at least another three hours tomorrow as well. <laughs> which was which was so funny because my dad, he's like the most laid back guy ever and the calmest ever, you know, and normally he would, uh, you know, he wouldn't be bothered by these things. But even he noticed there's something going on there. So, you know, after um, hitting it off straight away, very like, I cannot even explain. It was an instant connection. You know, we hit it off from the very beginning. He was funny. He was smart. He was even good looking and all of that together. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is great. Like, you know, everything about him I loved. Um, and then we went out a few times and then I came back to the UK because, you know, my, uh, my holiday was finished. And, um, you know, I told him like, why not? You come to the UK for like a weekend and then visit because, you know, it's like two hours flight is not that far. He did that. And interestingly enough, that weekend was to this day, one of our best weekends together. And the interesting thing is we haven't done anything out of the ordinary. You know, we've done all the very usual stuff. Like we went to the movies. We went to like an arcade place, you know, where you have a lot of games and everything. I love the fact how competitive he was getting, you know, when we were playing things. Um, I showed him, you know, um, how are the uh, traditional British pubs and their traditional uh, British meat pies and, you know, all these things that are quite, uh, you know, traditional in Britain. And so it was the best two days of our life. Even to this day, many times we remember that weekend. It was so amazing, so awesome. And then, you know, we just kept in touch and then he decided to actually moved to the UK because I was working here already. I had like a corporate job at that time and I couldn't really move because I was physically tied to a desk basically. Uh, but because he's working from his laptop, you know, for him, it was a lot easier to move over here. And he did that. So about a month later, we were officially in a relationship. And uh, two months later, he proposed. So basically two months into the relationship, he proposed. And four months later, we had our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that is fast. That's a lot yes. of of planning and coordinating. I mean, that's a move. That's the coordinating of just a move in general is can be a lot of work. Um, how did it go planning a wedding in two months? Well, um, it loaded was question. A, <laughs> you know, we've actually so. Because I really, I was in a point in my life at that time where I told him like, you know, unless you really want a serious relationship, don't come to the UK for me. You know, like I warned him beforehand. I was like, I don't have the years. I don't have the energy to just be your rebound person for you just to have some fun, get back to normal and then try to figure out your life. I'm like, better, you know, stay at home, figure out your life, have fun for three months, go dating, do whatever, don't even tell me. And then once, you know, you're ready to plan something serious, then get in contact. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I really like you. I want to come. And I was like, okay, sure. So just because he was already very um, committed to our relationship, I was extremely happy with that. Now, the fact that he proposed so soon, it was like a bonus for me. Um, if he would have proposed in like five years, I would have been fine with that as well. I didn't really, uh, mind at that time. So after he proposed, you know, I was like, okay, now we have time to relax and chill and all of that. And then my mom, she was panicking. She was like, if you, you know, you have to think of when you're going to get married because you have to book everything in advance. And then his mom was calling us like, have you set the date and this and that. And I was like, 
freaking out at some point because I'm like, oh my God, we have so many things to sort out for the wedding. And because we were living in the UK and we were supposed to have the wedding back home in Romania because both our families were there and most of the people, um, it just made sense, you know, for us to have the wedding there. I was trying to, I was starting to freak out because I was like, I have limited annual leave in a year, you know? And I told them like, either we get married this year, the very first date that we can find, or we leave it in few years time. Because trust me, you don't want me to be stressed every holiday that we have together for us to be spent to spend it you know at home sorting out a wedding that will happen in two years three years like I don't want to do that with all my holidays that I have left I would rather have it very quickly and then just enjoy the other holidays together going somewhere visiting or you know things like that so it was a bit of you know we enrolled my mom and his mom basically so I did realize that I'll have to give up control as much as possible and just try to focus on the very important things, you know? So I had this long conversation with my mom and his mother as well, um, where I said the only requirements that I really, really want in our weddings are, you know, for obviously me to decide the the wedding dress. I wanted a white wedding cake, a tiered white wedding cake with dark blue, with navy blue um, roses, you know, dripping down on it. Um, And that should be, you know, the wedding theme, basically white and navy blue, because I like the combination of those colors. I've seen them in previous weddings at friends and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this. It looks so good. Um, And we said yes the band as well we will organize the band that we had for the wedding um and you know anything else goes now bear in mind we do have some traditions as well and um at that point in time uh with my husband we were implementing a more healthier lifestyle you know when we were migrating towards being more vegan and everything and all of that and you know leaving meat behind because we didn't really miss it and you know help benefits as well and we were having this conversation with my husband about food as well you know like what type of food should we serve and all of this and he's like maybe you know the type of food that we eat and I was like I understand that you know as because it's our wedding we would like to have it as we would like it however let's keep in mind who our guests are you know because I knew this from my own experience and from my parents' experience as well, that they've been to so many weddings and they've been very disappointed many times by the menu itself, you know, because the menu was way too fancy for what they were used to and it was way too foreign to what they were used to, you know. So we eventually opted for a Romanian traditional uh, menu, basically, and I left literally everything to for my mom and his mom to organize um and you know just to give you a bit of background in romanian weddings you don't really give gifts as as in stuff you know you don't give them stuff or nobody has like a register and then you go and pick something up and you buy it for nobody does that back home um what you give as gift is always money and um which is basically like a long-term loan, if you want. (laughs) Because, for example, if I'm inviting, let's say, 10 families to my wedding and they come and they will give me some money, when they have any big event in the family, like an event or a christening, I will have to go as well 
And then I will have to return basically that money to that day's value, you know? So, and usually because we kind of know how the restaurants are, you know, the, the menu price and everything, we always give to cover the menu and to be left with something extra as well. Basically, we think of this like um, start off loan for newlyweds. You know, especially if even even if they were already living together, even if they already would have things together, you know, it's still very useful for them because with that money, you get to pay off the wedding, basically, and you are left with some extra to either invest in a house, maybe in a car or stuff around the house if you want to, or even, you know, if you want your honeymoon. So um, basically in organizing the wedding, you mostly just need to give a down payment for everything because everyone knows that just after the wedding, you will actually pay everything in full because you're going to get money at the wedding. Um, and there isn't such thing as you will be in that after wedding that, that hasn't been heard of in Romanians weddings, to be honest. <laughs> I love the way you put that, you know, where you you're giving money to help get someone to the place they want to be in whatever form that is, you know, whether that be buy a house, invest in a car, um, enjoy, have a nice time together. Um, but then that you also keep in mind, you know, the next holiday that that person has, that you are giving them the same, you're, you're returning that. Um, and I, I yes. love that way of thinking where it's, um, you're taking something and, and being as generous as the person was with you. Um, and that's, I think that's a really, like, that's a really lovely sentiment. Yes. And it's quite interesting because so at the wedding, you know, when they give you the gift, actually, it's in an envelope usually, and it's written the family name and how many people were there. And when you count the money, you know, just after the wedding, you make a list for yourself, like, and for example, we've split it into who was from my side and my parents' side and who was from my husband's side. Um, just because we had some, uh, my parents actually had some people that they knew in common with his parents. So they just wanted to know in case their kids are getting married, who needs to go and pay off the debt per se. And um, the way we've put it is, you know, you put the date on when the wedding was and you put at the end of the list, how much is a bread? You know, how the how much does a bread cost? How much is a, a liter of oil? And how much are these main things cost at that moment in time? So even if someone invites you to their wedding or their children's wedding in 10 years, you will be able to calculate how much is the value for those times, you know, when you have to give back the debt. So for example, if five years ago I've been to a wedding and I've paid, let's say, $100, and then five years later, I'm inviting them to my wedding. It won't be the same $100. It will be 150 or whatever is, you know, in today's value, basically, which I think is quite nice and quite important as well, because, again, it gives you a starting point. You know, you don't have to start off a married life being in debt. Yeah. And it feels, um, it almost feels like everyone is elevating you. They're saying like, here, take this so you can be happy. We, we want to see you grow and be happy. And then you're saying, you know, you're returning that and saying, here, take this, you be happy. I, I really love that. I think that's such a nice um, tradition. Yes. Thank you. So yes, they basically sorted out everything. Um, and I am, extremely lucky to have also you know my mother-in-law she's amazing she was very supportive of our relationship from the very beginning and um 
I remember her, she was calling me one day because she asked me, you know, to send her a picture of how I would like the wedding cake to be. And the only picture I found was with a round wedding cake, you know, a tiered round wedding cake with the uh, navy blue roses on it. And she called me one day panicking because uh, this lady who was doing all the cakes for our weddings and the wedding cake as well, didn't have like a round tray. She could do only like a square one or rectangular one. And then, you know, and my mother-in-law, she was freaking out because, you know, and she, she felt so bad in having to tell me that I won't have a round wedding cake. Oh, and I just, I just started laughing. And I was like, it's fine. Like, I don't care. It's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if she makes it like in a star shape, I don't really care as long as it's white and navy blue. That's what I care, you know? And, you know, even details like should it be cream on it or should it have, uh, you know, icing on it or what should it look like? And I said chocolate inside. That's it, you know, and for it not to be too dry because obviously nobody likes a dry cake. And I'm like, that's (laughs) it. Anything else goes. So, you know, I realized through that process that there are so many details that people who organize their weddings put so much emphasis on, but the guests won't care about those details you know like tissues on a table I don't care if they match everything else in the room you know um the flowers on the tables I said you know as long as they are in line with the theme I don't care if they are all roses or different types of flowers I didn't really care I just wanted the colors to match and that's it you know and I said even the tissues I don't care if they are white navy blue pink or red because nobody will actually sit down at a table and think oh my god this tissue doesn't really go with anything you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've I've never noticed any tissues at any weddings I've been, you know. So I understand some people for their own peace of mind want, you know, that level of detail uh, to be, you know, set and organized for their weddings. But, you know, I thought, you know, for my own mental health, to be honest, and both my mother and my mother-in-laws, there's no point to stress them out with these tiny details that, again, years down the line won't matter. You know, so we we would rather um, focus on the important steps, you know. So, again, another side note that I would like to make is that in Romania, for example, you have to first be legally married before you're allowed to get married in a church. So if you just want to get married in a church, they won't marry you unless you have the legal certificate first. Oh, interesting. Because because of that fact and because um, everyone was like an hour away, there was this specific church that I wanted to be married in. Um, and my parents are like one hour north and his parents one hour south. And it would have been a lot of commuting back and forth. We've actually had the legal ceremony two days before the religious ceremony. So we had that only with our parents, my brother, his brother, and his wife, and, you know, literally just a very close family. We had that at the registry. Uh, We had a very nice dinner, you know, just the family. And then two days after, we actually had the traditional wedding, as we call it. And that was the point where, you know, um, the night before he had to leave, you know, he had to stay at his parents' house. And then uh, I was getting ready at my parents' house, basically. And he had to come with a part of his wedding party, you know, to come and basically officially ask me to marry him and ask my hand from my parents, um, you know, on the day of our wedding. 
Um, another interesting tradition that we have is that when he comes, you know, to the bride's house, basically, to the bride's parents' house, um, he's not the one talking. He has to have like a spokesperson for him, you know, that will conduct the, let's say, ceremony and, and some of the negotiations per se. Um, and that person will not tell you or he will not tell my parents like straight away or oh, we came and you know to take your girl away or something like that he always has to do it in a very let's say poetic way you know and through some um poems and riddles and all of this so he cannot really be too straightforward so he doesn't uh look too keen you know so so basically the the groom doesn't look too keen in getting married, you know. Um, and then the parents as well, they have some, um, you know, comebacks as well, which are quite funny, where they're like, well, maybe we will, maybe we won't. You know, you have to like convince us and type of negotiation, like we know what we have, you know, we, we like our girl. We're not going to just give her away that easy. So, you know, it is funny and um, it did make me tear up and, oh, Especially when I saw my mom tear up, you know, and his mom, I was like, that's it, I'm done. He's like, didn't even start properly. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about this. <laughs> yes. And um, so, yeah, they came. Oh, and uh, we have in weddings, um, usually each partner has to have godparents. So, you know, like in some cultures, they have godparents in christenings. We have godparents in weddings as well. And these godparents usually have to already be married. And they are like your spiritual parents that should help you through married life. Like this is their uh, point, basically. And, you know, if you have any struggles in your marriage, they kind of can help because they've been married longer than you have. And um, traditionally, if anything will happen you know, to the married couple. And if they have children, usually the godparents are the ones that should kind of take over the care of the children and stuff like that. Um, so I had some godparents as well, and he had. And when he came to, you know, pick me up basically from my parents' house, um, they came as well with him and, you know, his parents and all the wedding party. And like, um, yeah, so after that, um, let's say little ceremony was done, you know, at my parents' house. Then we all had some uh, nibbles to eat and everything. And then we set off to go to the church. And bear in mind, both me and my husband were different religions, Christians both, but slightly different. You know, and we had to go through a few hoops to be able to get married in that specific church that I wanted. Um, the church was quite... Um, let's say straightforward, you know, it's like quite a religious mass that's going on. It took like an hour and stuff with the godparents around us. And with, um, we have this tradition where they put like golden crowns on both our heads, my head, my husband's head and uh, the godparents on our sides. And they have to have these massive candles, you know, that they hold and then it has to be lit. And then at some point you have to go around uh, this table that we have in the middle with stuff on it. And the priest was saying, which I thought was so funny, I just started laughing, because um, the the traditional, you know, things that they say in a church is like, um, you know, God help them, whatever, and for this wife to always follow her husband, and both me and my husband started giggling, you know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm quite stubborn, you know, so I was like, yeah, that's funny, you know, and then... 
And then he was like, and, you know, God helped the husband as well to always take good decisions so she can actually follow him. And I was like, well, that makes more sense now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so all these things. And um, after the ceremony was done, then obviously we had... um, some pictures taken and because we had some friends that couldn't really come to the party afterwards, but they still came, you know, to see us off uh, at the church and stuff. Um, And yes, after that, we were off to the restaurant where, where we had the actual party. And here we had few interesting traditions. So the first one is just before we actually went in, we were served with champagne, both me, my husband and our godparents. And once we toasted and drank that, we had to break the glasses. Um, and they and we had to step over the the um, pieces of glass because um, it's something to do with luck, you know, like they they feel that uh, you know, broken glass that you break it with intention will actually help and stuff like that. Um, there were also a few traditions that we didn't really care about to be honest like um you know in in many cultures they say um the groom should not see the wife's dress beforehand the the wedding dress which is interesting because my husband came with me to pick out the dress (laughs) (laughs) and i was like yeah that's fine We'll, we'll just disregard that you know and even things like um in some cultures, it's fine. And in some cultures, they do say that you should not wear pearls at your wedding because you're going to cry. And I actually had this very lovely set that I got from my mother-in-law with like pearl and like a necklace as well with one pearl on it. And it went so well with my wedding dress because the wedding dress was quite nice and um, a bit elegant. So I couldn't really wear too much jewelry or too big jewelry. And I thought it went very well. And then people were like, yeah, but you're not supposed to wear, um, you know, pearls. I just want to tell those people, even to this day, we're still very happily married. So it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That superstition doesn't hold up for you. (laughs) No, no, that didn't hold up. No. Um, So then, you know, we walked in and then we sat down and then, Uh, people started coming in and uh, you know sitting down and everything and the tradition is again that you have to greet everyone coming in and then you know obviously we had the list with the seating charts and everything and then we started with our first dance as you know husband and wife which was very nice Uh, even just thinking about it brings tears to my eyes because I remember us being so happy and even with that dance, we didn't really stress about it too much. You know, we've seen, and I used to watch a lot of these shows in TV, you know, where the couple, they would go to wedding classes for so many months before the wedding and to try to, you know, put up all this massive show with the very intricate dance and everything. And I was like, I don't want that. You know, I wanted it to actually enjoy it. And again, to focus on the very important stuff for us. You know, I understand some people say that, you know, it's once in a lifetime thing and you better make it, you know, amazing and great and whatever. And I agree to some extent. But on the other hand, I didn't want to give up my own, um, let's say, peace, you know, just to have this amazing show for everyone else, if that makes sense. You know, I said, I want to enjoy the process as much as I can um, and not 
stress about it because it is just one night at the end of the day. It goes fast. It goes by so so fast. To be honest, before you know it, it's over. And yes, you will be left with memories, but then you know it's not worth stressing too much over the wedding itself because the wedding, I feel, it's only the first milestone or one milestone in a relationship. You know, it's not the wedding that's everything, and then you're not putting in any effort anymore in your relationship. I feel that. Yes, you have to go through a wedding together if you want to. Um, but then there is still the relationship that you have to take care of for many years to come. And I said, I don't want to, you know, because there were some discussions, you know, even with the family and with different traditions that we tried to incorporate and some of them didn't really make sense. And we wanted to make everyone happy. And then we decided with my husband, you know what, let's just do the bare minimum that doesn't require us or anyone else around us to stress too much. There's no point to stress our mothers, you know, four months before the wedding. So by the time they're at the wedding, they cannot wait for it to get to be done because they were so stressed, you know? So um, other key points in our um, wedding were a tradition that we call kidnapping the bride. Now, this might sound a bit horrible, but it's actually <laughs> quite funny. <laughs> I know people might think, where, where are they taking her? Actually, they took me to a club. <laughs> they took me to a club, so it was fine. Like, I, I didn't mind. Um, usually, it's done by friends. You know, they will just like... Um, uh, not drag you out per se, but like call you outside, like, oh, I want to just tell you something. And then before you know it, they're like put in a car and they take you away. Um, <laughs> and it's a fun way. And it's done, you know, they do it as a group, basically. Um, and they take you away for like a couple of hours, which in a way is great because you get to put your feet up for a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to see some clubs as well. So in countries like Romania during summer as well, you know, especially when it's like wedding season, it's quite normal to see brides in the club dressed as a bride <laughs> with like, you know, few of her wedding party around her and like dancing <laughs> off the night. It's quite normal. Um, so yeah, whilst they take me, they took me away, um, well, they waited for my husband to realize I was gone. Unfortunately, he didn't realize because he was too busy talking to people. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. But eventually they brought me back and there was one spokesperson and they have to negotiate, uh, me basically, you know, the people who kidnap me quote unquote um they have to negotiate with the groom what would he give to get me back basically so we can continue <laughs> the wedding as normal um and you know whatever you negotiate it really depends on how good friends you are and you know basically you can ask for anything and then you kind of start from there um but these friends of mine that uh, kidnapped me, they just wanted to basically make a fool out of my husband <laughs> and, to enter and to entertain our guests, basically. And they um, asked our band to do like a collage of a lot of folk, traditional Romanian music mixed with some modern music, but only for like a few seconds and to switch it up quite quickly and for my husband to dance on each one of them. <laughs> and this was so funny to watch because I was like, you know, 
peeking at, at it as well because I wanted to see this, you know. I didn't want to miss it because I knew my husband won't know how to dance on these, especially the traditional ones. And it was so funny that his uh, godfather, who is also one of his really good friends, uh, helped him through it. Like none of them knew how to dance the traditional dances, but they all jumped up and down and, you know, just made a full show out of it. It was quite funny. Um, So, yes, in the end, they gave me back to my husband and we could all, you know, continue the party till, (laughs) till the morning. Um, And yes, everything uh, after that was quite, straightforward you know we had food we had a few courses and then we had the wedding cake and then um you know at the towards the end of the wedding when people started leaving that is when they come you know uh to greet basically the newlyweds so it was us and give us the gift which was the envelope with the money and in uh in return we gave them a box of um cakes a selection of cakes that we had at the wedding as well um and we have a traditional drink which is alcoholic very strong drink is like i don't know if some of your listeners might know what i'm talking about it's something like an italian grappa but stronger so it's basically twice as strong as vodka uh, and it's traditionally made basically in Romania and we usually give out small bottles of that as well as you know as a thank you for them coming and partying with us and all of that and because um, my mom is from the north side of, of Romania they have slightly different traditions there as well and one of those traditions that she wanted us to implement was to have the weddings uh, the bride's wedding or also called the small wedding. And this meant basically having another party the second day after the main wedding. So once our wedding was done and we finally got to go home, like, you know, early morning, we slept for like a couple of hours and then we set off to go to my parents' house where um, the bride's wedding was taking place. Um, normally, uh, you know, in olden times, they used to do this second party with the leftover food from the night before. Uh, but because we had so many guests at the night of the wedding and at the small wedding as well, we literally just had to cater again for like, let's say a smaller party. So just think of the fact that at the main wedding reception, we had around 230 guests. And at the small wedding, which normally should be like a cocktail party type of thing, we had another 100 people and another band and, you know, cakes and everything. So it was like a smaller wedding, basically. Yeah. So we we did that all over again (laughs) the second day. Wow. Were you totally exhausted afterwards? I was actually pretty okay because I got to sleep a couple of hours. My parents were shattered. Oh. Like by the afternoon, I was talking to my mom and I realized that she wasn't listening, you know? <laughs> she was all wired up, all like, oh my God, Disney's doing people serving, all this, all that. So I was helping them as well around that. But I realized my mom was, you know, like on and on and on because, you know, we started. Again, we started the Friday before. So the the main wedding was on a Saturday. 
we started partying on a Friday evening because many of my cousins that also live abroad came home. So we kind of had like a family gathering then, you know, with like 30, 50 people. And then we had the wedding the next day. And then my mom basically hasn't slept in over um, almost 36 hours, basically. Oh, jeez. So oh. from my from my wedding, basically when they left early morning, they left to their house and they already started preparing things for the guests that were literally about to arrive any minute. So they haven't slept anything throughout the night. Um, and next day, you know, another party. And by the next evening, they're like, that's it, I'm done. And they slept like 12 hours straight, couldn't wake up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh my gosh, you're poor. Oh my gosh. Well, I love all of these traditions. That sounds like a hoot. It sounds like the best time. I kind of wish I was there. <laughs> um, so let's fast forward a little bit. So you you did the wedding, you all got married, you moved back to the UK, or you didn't move back, you went back to the UK, and then you did something kind of cool. So um, you communication is clearly very important. Um, you were talking at the beginning of the episode about how you told your husband before you before he moved to the UK that you didn't want to you know be a rebound and and you were very honest and open and transparent. Um, so out of this love of communication, you built something kind of cool. Can you tell us a little bit about what you founded? Yes. So um, just again, to give a bit of background, you know, to your listeners, um, this idea came from the fact that both me and my husband love board games, first of all. And second of all, we've both educated ourselves in, in relationships because we had so many failed relationships in the past, you know, we said, okay, this is like not working out. Let's, you know, study on it a bit. Um, and we had this um, commitment to make this relationship a great one. So we both understood from the very beginning that if we want a great relationship, we both have to put an in effort into it and work on the communication as much as possible. Because, you know, once you start talking with your partner, you can sort out so many issues, you know, and um, and avoid so many discussions and arguments. So, um, again, because we love board games as well, we got some um, so-called card game for couples, and we were very disappointed with them because they were not games, basically. There wasn't anything you could play with it, in it, with it, basically. They were just one-off questions printed on a piece of paper. Um, and also because we were already you know, together for a while and we were already married. We're like, these don't even make sense anymore, you know, for us. Like so many questions were like, what's your favorite ice cream? And I'm like, you know, if you don't know after all this time how much I love chocolate, we have such a big problem that, you know, these cards cannot really help us. So, you know, we bounced this idea of creating our own game, you know, we've bounced it around and how would that even look? So we started working on creating the questions first and, you know, we came up with this idea of the Better Topics card game, basically. And what we've done is we've we've um, 
curated a lot of repeatable questions. And, you know, we took a lot of questions that we actually asked each other and still ask each other regularly in our relationship, you know, and um, modified them a bit to make them more repeatable and also suitable for different couples out there, you know. Um, and alongside that, we've basically put together, we've took all the elements that we like in other board games and we've put them together in the better topic card games basically so you have the lock element depending you know what type of cards you're dealt basically and usually in board games if there is anything to do with luck i'll win hands down like especially dice or anything like that it's even creepy at some point you know how how many times i actually went against my husband um and then you have the strategy element to it where it depends how you're playing your cards you know because whoever gets rid of their cards first that person wins the game uh, and this is my husband's field basically anything that is uh, to do with strategy he will definitely win i'm just there along for the ride um and then also you know to make it even more fun um we've added what we call modifier cards. So these are cards like cancel the question, reverse the question, or so we, for example, when I'm playing with my husband, if he thinks he got me locked in, you know, with like a bit more difficult question, I can always reverse that if I have the card, you know, and actually have him answer it instead of me. And, That's so um, fun. <laughs> and then, you know, because um, we basically could go as crazy as we wanted with it. <laughs> Um, we also added uh, its own reward system. So whoever wins the game, they get to choose their own reward, which is mostly uh, things to do either for each other or together as a couple. Because this is what we wanted to encourage couples, you know, to have those important discussions, but in a game-like setting, you know, so there isn't that stress there or they don't feel like they have to be defensive. It's not that, um, you know, that we need to talk type of setting, but instead of a playful setting, where people are more relaxed, more open and more willing to be honest about their answers and also do stuff together. I love that. I think that's so much fun. I Anything that you can gamify, there's a place in my heart for that. Um, I'm also a big lover of games and and pranks and things. So, um, and, and I'm competitive, but in like, you know, not in like a angry way. I'm competitive in like the fun kind of like, I'm excited for this way. So <laughs> I feel like that would just be such a hoot. I love that you did that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so... With with the Better Topics card game, is it something that you, that is only for couples or is it something that you could play with like your best friend? Um, it's interesting that you say that. We've meant, so when we actually created the game, we had couples in mind, us being a couple. And interestingly enough, because we also had to play it so much so we could iron out any issues that they might arise, you know, in, in playing it. Um, we actually had a couple of Christmases ago, some friends visiting, you know, they were two best friends visiting us and they asked us the same, like, can they play it, you know, just to see how the game is. And I was like, well, just give it a try. But there were few questions that are literally just around couples. But if you take out those questions and you're still left with so many, because it has 56 questions altogether. So, you know, even if you take out a few, 
people still have enough to play with. They took those very specific questions, you know, specific to your relationship, they took them out and then they started playing it. And because they were good friends, they actually could share, you know, all of the things that the game was asking of them. That's so fun. I was envisioning myself playing that with my best friend since I was six years old and she and I would totally have fun doing that. I'm sure you would because, you know, at that point we realized actually that um, being in a relationship is pretty much similar to being in a very good friendship. And I do believe that, you know, to be able to be in a really great relationship with someone for years, you do have to have a very tight knit friendship with them as well. I 100% agree. Um that that's amazing. I love it so much. And that's all we have time for today. But I want to I want to know where can people find the Better Topics card game? So they can find the physical card game on our website, which is bettertopics.com or on Amazon UK, US and Australia. And also for those who are not very keen on physical card games, we have the Better Topics app and they can find this on both Apple Store and uh, Google Play Store as well. Fun. I didn't realize it was also an app. That makes it so easy to just start right now. Yes. Yes, exactly. Amazing. Well, thank you, Diana, for being here. It has been so lovely learning about your wedding and hearing about all the fun traditions and and how much, you know, family played such an important role and, and culture. I just, I love everything about it. <laughs> thank you so much again for having me today on your podcast. I had so much fun. Oh, I... I'm so glad that you were here. Um, and thank you all for tuning into the Wedding Dish podcast. Um, you definitely need to swing over and check out the Better Topics um, game, either in the App Store, you have your phone in your hand, I'm guessing, because you're probably listening to this on your phone. Um, so you can check it out there, or you can swing over to bettertopics.com. Um, and while you're there, if you want to check out The Wedding Dish, you can go to theweddingdishpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at theweddingdishpodcast. Um, we'll have show notes. We'll link out to everything from today. Um, you can also apply to be a guest, or you can, um, and you can grab the transcripts because we're committed to accessibility here at The Wedding Dish. Um, And don't forget to tune in next week. We'll be interviewing another amazing guest. And until then, cheers.